Ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Casey Van Etzen Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Van Etzen. It has been a busy two to three weeks in my life and in the sports world. However, I am grateful to publish this episode for y'all. However, before I start this episode, as many know, former UTRGB men's basketball head coach Lou Hill passed away a month ago. I want to take up this time with a quick moment of silence in remembrance of Coach Hill. Coach Lou Hill was a man of integrity, selfless, and just amazing human being all around. I remember my first interaction with Coach Hill. It was my second semester at UTRGV, and it was an event called Coffee with Coach Hill. And me watching him interact with students in the student union, handing them coffee, having deep conversations with them, and just being there for them really impacted my heart on being there for others. He even came up to me and had a deep conversation on making an impact to those around us. And since that day, I have set Coach Hill's example of peace and love to all that I interact with. (laughs) I laugh because there's that saying, what would Jesus do? And I think about what Coach Lou Hill would do. And that is being there for others through love and compassion and We are truly going to miss his presence. However, with his legacy of peace and love, he will not be forgotten. Now, with all being said, I had the opportunity to speak with Alex DeBario, who currently is the sports director for KRGV in the Rio Grande Valley, as well as a play-by-play announcer for CBS Sports. Sadly, due to technical difficulties, I experienced the few first minutes I had to cut Alex's intro from the interview. However, I will be giving a brief summary about Alex and all he has done in the sports world. He is a Valley native, born and raised in Mission, Texas, where he graduated from Mission High School in 2001. Alex then attended Boston University his few first years in college then transferred to the University of Texas Pan American, where he obtained his bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism. Alex has been the face of voice of several sports over a decade in the Rio Grande Valley, as well with the Edinburgh Roadrunners, Edinburgh Coyotes, UTPA men's and women's basketball, and the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. In his first year with the Roadrunners in 2004, he called the championship win. Alex also called for the RGV's first affiliated sports championship with the D-League championship at the time with the Vipers in 2010. He has also worked with local television stations as a sports talk show host for KSOX 1240 AM. Alex has as well had the opportunity to travel around the globe with the world famous Harlem Globetrotters. In 2013, Alex joined CBS Radio in Houston as a sports reporter and a host and 
served as a lead reporter for the Houston, Texas Texans and secondary reporter for the Houston Astros and the Houston Rockets. He as well has been part of the Rice University ESPN Plus broadcast team for football and men's basketball and served two years on the Houston Dynamo radio broadcast team. In 2015, Alex achieved a childhood dream with working with the WWE as a live event host and ring announcer for their NXT brand and globally with streaming services with the WWE Network. And now he works with KRGB as lead sports anchor as well national play-by-play announcer for men's and women's college basketball on CBS Sports Network. Now with all I have said, let's cut to the rest of his interview. Throughout your time writing and broadcasting, what have been some of your favorite moments in sports or with those you have been around? Wow, that's a good question. Um, so I, I think I think all the championship moments for sure uh, that I've had the, the the honor to be a part of. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some people want to look at them as minor league sports moments, but for for us in our community, they, they were meaningful. So my first year in two thousand four, um, that that you know winning the championship. You know, we I think we won a, an independent record a number of games and. Uh, we swept through the postseason and we had just such an amazing team uh, to call and for being only 21 years old and doing, you know, baseball, you know, every single day, uh, it was a great opportunity to call those championship moments. Um, and then 2010 with the Vipers are calling our first championship, which was again our first season as an affiliate with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was certainly wonderful. Uh, we were one of the only teams in the league that traveled uh, a broadcaster and so you know, being in, in all the different venues around the league was, was, was meaningful. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the, the easy answer to that question, Casey, is that kind of the next moment uh, is the, the most important thing. I think mm-hmm. one of the things in, in broadcasting and, and, and really storytelling is what we do, whether it's writing, whether it's broadcasting or television, radio, whatever. Um, you know, once the moment happens, we comment on it, we talk about it, we write about it. And then we co- we go to cover the next thing, um, and it's the next thing that drives us, and it's the continuous uh, story. So whether it's the Vipers winning in 2010, whether it's um, you know covering you know some of the big moments of high school football we've had here in the Valley, mm-hmm. uh, you know whether it's you know on CBS Sports when I covered you know a, a big win by uh, Utah State over Boise State in, in the Mountain West Conference, like. Again, it just comes comes back to that was the story for that night. What's the next story? So, um, but for me personally, you know, those championship moments are, are the most meaningful for my career. Yeah, piggyback piggybacking on those uh, moments in sports. As a broadcast journalist, there are many times you face t- tight deadlines. How do you cope with it all? Uh, not very well. <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things where, like, you eventually learn your clock. You mm-hmm. have a you you have a kind of a built-in clock of knowing when you have to get things done and when you have to start. Um, I'm a notorious procrastinator. I have long I long been underdiagnosed with my ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have have had it for years and didn't know until actually just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so one of the so it kind of explains a lot of my high school and, and my early career in, in terms of deadlines and um, because you know one thing that happens to folks with with ADHD is they're able to meet the deadline. It's just starting the actual task that that takes long that that you just kind of put off and put off. But you're always a lot of folks, at least in my experience, are still able to hit those deadlines. It's just kind of a rush to the end. Yeah, and I think that's sure. one of the reasons I've always loved sports is that everything feels like a rush to the end mm, yeah um because eventually that red light turns on on the camera or uh eventually like you've got uh, you know till 11 o'clock or 10 30 or whenever your story needs to be in um you know those are those are hard deadlines and you can't miss them mm -hmm. um I, I think for me it's just like learn again learning your clock learning how much time you have i think in tv especially you know i deal with this a lot where I'll have breaking news happen um, at like 9.30 before a 10 o'clock newscast. And it's got to be in the show. Like, mm -hmm. I just know yeah. it has to be in the show no matter what. Um, so sometimes, you know, you have to sacrifice, you know, a story that you may have already done and written and edited the video for because yeah. you got to put this breaking news in. And it, you may not have the flashy graphics or animation. You may not have all the video but you know you still have to deliver that story because it's happening and it's going to be late if you wait till the next day to do it. Mm -hmm. um, with Twitter and things like that, it's obviously easier to get that the news out. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're in TV, you're still your main responsibility is still to do it on TV. So uh, we had one of those instances last night with a couple of high school football coaches that stepped down from their positions or or were promoted actually um, and actually stepped down from their position. So. Um, that happened about 9.30, 9.45, and, you know, I had to make the show. So yeah, I think sure. for me, deadline, deadlines are just a thing that the more you do this, no matter what the job is, print or radio or TV, you just eventually learn what your clock is and how much time you have and what you can get in and what, what you just have to sacrifice and take out. And now, do you have a sports broadcasting role model? If so, who and why? If not, then who would you say – inspires you in a sense uh I, I would say when i was younger it was probably um it was probably marv albert um i think he was one of the first guys but one thing is a thing about me casey is 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 i have i've had like probably different guys i've looked up to kind of along mm -hmm. the way when i first wanted to do this i actually wanted to be a pro wrestling announcer mm -hmm. um which i by the way i didn't mention you know that i spent some time at wwe um so like Vince McMahon and Gorilla Monsoon and, yeah. and Howard Finkel were guys that like I, I looked up to. Those were the announcers for, for what I want to do. Gary and Michael Capetta. Um, but then as I want and ventured to starting to get into sports, you know, guys like Marv Albert and Bob Costas, Al Michaels uh, were some of my favorites kind of early kind of growing up in this. And then now I would say like over time, I think Ian Eagle and, and Kevin Harlan are, are two of my favorites. The guys who have a certain level of energy mm -hmm. um, are because that's kind of more my style when I call games. Uh, those are two of, of my favorites in terms of people who call games. Uh, Ian's actually become quite a, a mentor and a friend as well. Um, Mm -hmm. in helping me navigate uh, the TV sports landscape over the last couple of years. Um, I would say Mark Vandermeer uh, as well, with the voice of the Texans, another guy with a lot of energy, guy with Boston youth ties like myself. And uh, when I was in Houston, you know, he was uh, 
a big help and, and, and someone that helped me kind of uh, re-believe in myself as well, mm-hmm. knowing that I was good enough to, to be at a certain point, that it was just a matter of luck and opportunity um, to happen. Um, so those are kind of some of the guys that, um, that I've kind of looked up to over the years. Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and how it affected sports and currently now with it still around. How difficult was it working as a sports broadcast journalism journalist without sports? And what are some things that changed with your daily work schedule? Uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, so, Casey, I, when I was when the pandemic kind of first really, really hit the sports world, uh, it was right before um, the NCAA tournament. If you mm-hmm. remember, uh, we were kind of in the midst of a lot of conference tournaments and we were a week away or it was the week of selection Sunday. Yeah. So I was actually in Cleveland uh, about to do the mid-American conference um, women's championship game for CBS. And as I was flying there is when they canceled, started canceling all the conference tournaments. Mm-hmm. So I actually flew to Cleveland and was in the airport for four hours before flying home because there was no game for me to call anymore. Yeah. And from at that point on, there was kind of nothing for me to do. And I didn't take my start my job here at KRGV, the local uh, TV station, until June. So I was mm-hmm. kind of off that entire time. There was no basketball for me to call, no baseball for me to call. Um, so I was, you know, I was delivering groceries for favor uh, on the side and, and trying to do, you know, anything I could to, to scrap up a little extra cash. Um, so it was, it was a rough time. Um, and then when I got the job here at KRGB, that was strange because we're obviously a very high school heavy market. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no high school sports. So the news on a daily basis was what's going on with COVID. Are we going to have sports? Are sports going to be postponed for the fall? Uh, what's going on with UTRGV sports? Are they going to have anything? Uh, positive COVID cases. Um, and we started also talking about like the, the grand sports landscape. What's going on with Major League Baseball? What's going on with the NBA? Eventually, the NBA went into their bubble and covering that. But even from a day-to-day perspective, like um, all of our reporters on the news side, they were working from home. Our photographers were working from home. My weekend sports anchor, uh, she was working from home. And I was the one uh, coming in, um, kind of doing the sports because um, – you know, instead of working because I was new and I had to learn the system and, yeah. and trying to fit it fit in on air um, with the with the rest of the news crew and and be kind of be seen. Um, so there was kind of a lot going on. It was it was it was difficult in the sense that it wasn't normal because we weren't covering games and we weren't covering stories because there was really nothing to cover except COVID and how it relates to sports. So that was that was the big challenge and, and it's a challenge that we continue kind of today you know going to shoot games with masks on and um you know some schools have very strict policies of where you can be and where you can't be and shoot mm-hmm. um some schools don't allow the media at all um in their games um it's just some one of the things that kind of this time has has brought to us and then and i'll tell you this too like my you know my college basketball schedule cbs i've done a, a ton of games this year I've done them all from my house. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that a lot of folks haven't been, I don't know if they've been noticing or not, but, you know, whether it's ESPN or CBS and some of the other networks, um, most of the NBA regional sports uh, as well, 
we've been calling the games from our houses. We've got a little setup that, and it's funny, like the technology to do this didn't even exist back in March, uh, yeah. last March. Um, it had to be quickly developed uh, to be able to work. So there wasn't some grandiose delay between, um, you know, the picture that we're getting and the picture that the audience is, is seeing. Um, so it's remarkable that we're able to even do it. Um, I miss being in the arena, but so does the audience and, and the crowd misses being at the arena as well. Yeah. So it's certainly been, it's certainly been a wild time for sure. Uh, it's a time that I hope I never have to experience again once this is all over. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also been humbling. And, and, uh, and it's also, honestly, I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm speaking in, in, in a very humble sense here. Um, you know, a lot of folks uh, have lost their jobs during this, this time frame. Yeah. And I, I've been I've been very lucky to be get getting getting opportunities during this time frame. It was very light early, obviously, with with um, when I didn't have a job at, at the TV station and I didn't have any games to call. Uh, but since then, you know, thankfully uh, to CBS and to KRGV that I've had these opportunities to kind of uh, get better and improve in my career, uh, you know, during a really, really, really challenging time. So it's kind of been real. um I don't know if bittersweet's the right way to put it, but uh, it's bitter because of the circumstances that everyone's been put in and the lives that have been affected and, and all that stuff. But when I look back on this 20 years from now, I'm going to look back at, at, at 2020 and 2021 as being a year that, um, you know, that I actually kind of took another step forward in, in my career, oddly enough. Yeah, for sure. Now, continuing with all of that, one thing that makes a great broadcast journalist in sports is the close connections you have with those that you work with. How have you kept a close connection with those, with others, even with an obstacle of social distancing? Well, I mean, we're doing it right now uh, over Zoom as we're talking. Um, it's been kind of a constant is, is Zoom calls. Um mm-hmm. And phone calls and, and things like that, but uh, um, you know what's been especially interesting is is you know for folks that aren't aware how TV sports works is you know we do a different game every week and different conference, different teams, etc. It's not like we are the, the voice of any particular team. Mm-hmm. So we talk to the every week. We'll have a production meeting and we'll have uh, uh, calls with our head the head coaches involved in the games. Um, normally we're going to shoot arounds. Mm-hmm. uh the day the day of or the day before the game well that that's not an option we don't travel to the games and we wouldn't be allowed in shoot arounds right now yeah so we have to do these conversations and, and get to know you type of things try to try to get stories um through zoom calls uh, our production meetings are through zoom um you know my analyst tim doyle uh and i you know have had a growing friendship for for a couple of years now mm-hmm. but we've worked together a lot this year after working together just twice last year and, um, you know, it's really allowed us to kind of have a, uh, a great rapport on the air. And we talk before every game on FaceTime and after every game on FaceTime. Um, you know, it, it, that's just kind of the, the way it is, is, is mm-hmm. just trying to uh, maintain those relationships, especially the working ones. And then, um, you know, do what you can. And, and we still see, you know, covering high school football and things like that. We still see our coaches and and, you know, uh, players and stuff on the side uh, when we go cover games, you know, but it's a fist bump now or an elbow bump uh, and not a handshake and a hug. 
Um, so it's different. It's it's certainly mm-hmm. a challenge, but but I think I think the thing case is we we uh, we all know what each other's going through. We all know what what the situation is. We're all trying to do the very best to kind of deal with it. So I've actually seen uh, surprisingly a lot more uh, calmness and and uh, less resistance to the media like the, the, yeah, we've seen sure. in the past, just because. Um, they kind of know the deal and they know that we're all kind of in this together. And we're just trying to, we're all trying to do our best to, to do our jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about something deep when it comes to having strong connections. Sadly, as many know, ETRGB men's basketball coach, Lil Lou Hill passed away a few weeks ago. And as myself watched your segment, that you presented fairly well, I have to say. How do you go through emotions when it comes to those moments of heartbreak with those that you have deep connections with? Um, well, Casey, first of all, I appreciate you saying that. And um, I got a lot of that type of feedback and and, and it was and very difficult to kind of keep it together um, in that moment. It's not something I, I normally do. and. Uh, unfortunately, I've kind of been this, um, the guy that's been in charge of obituaries these mm-hmm. last few years that I've been on air, um, you know, when coach Al Ogletree, who was the former baseball coach at Pan American died a few years ago, I kind of, you know, I was able to do kind of a true obituary because it was kind of a, uh, you know, we knew he was kind of going to pass away at, at some point he was much older in age. Yeah. So that was treated more like an obit and a celebration, whereas, when Coach Hill died, it was very sudden and we had to treat it as a new story first mm-hmm. uh, because it was so immediate and so sudden and unexpected and then treat it as, as a tribute um, second to, uh, secondly. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that was the biggest challenge is in the news aspect of things, it's easier to kind of keep it together because you're more focused on, on being correct and accurate mm-hmm. uh, you know, making sure it's a confirmed passing, you, what you don't want to do on the air is, is go on the air with someone else's reporting and um, the reporting being accurate, especially with a situation like that. So we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't actually air it right away. We waited till the latest newscast until we got a second confirmation on it. And then, um, you know, the tribute that you're talking about, um, you know, that was one of those things that it kind of came together organically because, uh, you started to see on Twitter a lot of coaches from around college basketball that knew Coach Hill mm-hmm. uh, really speak out, and then you started to see it kind of uh, in their daily or their weekly press conferences. Chris Beard over at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, I spoke with Kelvin Sampson um, that week. I spoke with Lon Kruger that week. Um, you know, just kind of anyone that knew him um, or, or worked with him you know said something about him uh, shaka smart said something on the piece that we aired and then yeah you know every every former player and current player put something on their social media so it wasn't difficult to put together i mean it, the difficult part was was picking out what made air and what what did you know because you only have so much time to work yeah. with and i think when you're dealing with the emotions too um that was the challenging part is is, is reading what all these people we're saying about yeah. him yeah um and that that's when it hits you because um you know i wouldn't say 
Lou and I were, were best friends or anything. I think it, what hit me was what he represented to the school I graduated from and what yeah. he did for our program, what he did for me as a journalist um, in being available and being someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you do this long enough, case you just get close to people. Um, you know, you have to be fair and you have to be a journalist, you know, uh, you know, and criticize when their teams aren't performing well or you have to um you know if, if something bad in the program happens and somebody needs to hold be hold accountable you need to do those things none mm-hmm. of those things by the way happened under Lou Hill but I'm just saying as a journalist you have to kind of keep a distance sometimes because of those things because you have to be fair and because you have to be critical yeah but at the same time when you're around people for a lot a long time you get close to them and um it was difficult to to keep it together, and and I think I think I think as TV personalities that are so um, uh, the way I'm trying to put this connected to the community, visible mm-hmm. in the community, um, I think the community looks to us to kind of be an extension of their emotions and how they're supposed to feel about certain things. Yeah, and um, I think on that night. Uh, you know, I, I was that um, for expressing the sadness that I certainly was feeling mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, and, and, and I think it was a sadness that certainly was being expressed, you know, throughout, throughout the region and throughout college basketballs for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Now, what advice would you give for those, including myself, that want to work in sports, whether it's broadcast journalism or just have a career in the sports world? Um, so what I would say is, is finish your education for one, uh, whoever's out there, don't think, um, you know, don't think you can just jump right into this. I, I know that there may be opportunities to jump right into it. Uh, and I would certainly take those opportunities, but you always have to have something to fall back on. This is a very challenging competitive career. I talked about it earlier. There's so many talented people that have lost their jobs in this last year during the pandemic. So I think, I think, I think I I would say, I would say this, be pragmatic and and be someone that's realistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, I think a lot of folks early, um, including myself, um, have these kind of, they create this roadmap or this plan. Like I'm going to get here by this age. I'm going to get here by this age. I'm going to be here and then I'll be doing this by the time I'm whatever. Uh, It doesn't work that way. There's, there's no roadmap to making this happen. I mean, um, you know, when I explain where, where I've been in my career, I've gone from, you know, minor league baseball to sports talk radio to local TV to back to play by play. But I wanted to do play by play all this time. I did live event announcing both mm-hmm. at WWE and with the Globetrotters. So, you know, there was no roadmap to get to any of those places. I think there was dots that were connected by by me working here. It helped me work here. Um, yeah. but it didn't, but it didn't necessarily like come together in a planned out way. So what I would say is like, whatever it is you want to do, like take every opportunity to just do it. Um, if you have to do it, you know, uh, I'm a big advocate for not doing unpaid internships. Um, I don't believe in them. I think they're unfair and I think they're wrong, but I think if you have the ability to do an unpaid internship and, and not be poor in the process, then I think the, the, the invalu- it's invaluable experience for sure. Mm-hmm. But what I would strongly recommend is try to find opportunities where you can kind of do this on the side 
until you work up to a full-time position. Even mm-hmm. when I was in Houston, Casey, when I was in Houston, uh, I was only working 10 hours a week at the radio station. I was doing sports updates maybe one or two times a week and, and covering mm-hmm. one of the teams one day a week. Um, that was it. And, and obviously I couldn't make a living. So I was working at a parks and rec as an a- athletic supervisor mm-hmm. uh, for my first year while I was in Houston, while I was getting into the radio thing. And then eventually I was getting enough hours per week that I could support myself just doing radio stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like, you know, persevere, try to get through this, be honest about when you go back and listen to your work or read your work, be honest with yourself. Don't try to pretend that you're better than you are. Um, and also seek out advice and listen to their advice. Don't, don't seek out someone's advice and then just kind of blow them off. Always listen to kind of what they have to say. It doesn't necessarily mean everyone's right with their mm-hmm. advice. I think there's a lot of people that, that think one thing and, 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 and give a certain amount of advice that, that may or may not be true. But kind of try to like, you know, take as much advice as you can and, and, and then formulate a decision that you think is, is best for yourself, whether it's an opportunity coming up, you know, uh, if you have questions about things like salary and stuff. I know m- money is a big faux pas thing to talk about, but trust mm-hmm. me, it's good to talk about those things. It's the only way for us in our, on this industry to, to, to raise the, uh, the amount of money people are getting paid by being honest and realistic um, with each other. And, 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 and so when we're in negotiations on things, I would say like when you're talking about trying to change careers or go to a different route, like if you're in local TV and you want to get into play-by-play, well, you know that you're going to have to find a way to make a demo tape doing play-by-play yeah. um, to seek out advice on how you can do that and, and, and make connections. I think one of the things I've learned most about this career is uh, you have to be a kind person, a nice person, an approachable person, and you have to be someone that's willing um, to not be shy and, and mm-hmm. try to do your best to, to reach out uh, to people uh, and know that you may not get a response um, right away uh, because guys are busy and, and certainly uh, we're all trying to do our, our jobs and, and some have really full schedules, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the good people will always try to get back to you and, and try to uh, offer advice. You never, you make sure you're tactful with those interactions. You don't first meeting of, of a, of a radio guy or a TV guy that you admire. Don't say, Hey, can you get me a job? You know, like, it's not about that. It's about, building a relationship it's asking for advice it's like hey do you mind taking a look at my demo and giving me a couple of thoughts on on what you heard um uh reaching out kind of in the middle of the year hey i saw this game that you were on i thought you were great um you know uh, and it's like i hope hopefully we can catch up soon um and then it's like hey and then you know as you develop that relationship hey do you mind if uh, we talked for 10 minutes on zoom or on the phone about this i'm i'm working on this and i, I really want to achieve this mm-hmm. just thought i could pick pick your brain um those are the types of, of ways you go about doing it um as opposed to you know people looking for jobs and asking for jobs from everybody that's just not the way to do it so it's just like be tactful be respectful be be kind and then just work hard just keep working hard and, and persevere it's the people that persevere that are going to make it through uh and then going back to being pragmatic and realistic you know not there's 30 major league baseball radio jobs there's 30 major league baseball tv jobs there's 30 nba radio jobs there's 30 nba tv jobs um and 
and again, like some of those guys overlap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, and those jobs don't turn over. Yeah. So, uh, uh, if you want to do those things, you might be have to wait a long time. Mm-hmm. So you have to be content. You have to be content with where you're at. And if you're not content with where you're at because of money, because of where you're living or any of those things, those are perfectly good reasons to uh, want to make a change. But it's the ones that kind of stick with it and figure out a way to navigate how this all works that'll eventually get to kind of get to that plateau. Yeah. With all that being said, I want to thank you again, Alex, for this opportunity to speak with you and just have this opportunity to get to know more about you. Casey, thanks for having me. I'll do it anytime. Yeah, for sure. Have a great day. You too. Again, I want to thank Alex DeBario for his time to record this episode for the podcast. And remember, you can support me and this podcast financially at anchor.fm forward slash Casey-Fan-Edson with the number two. You can also support me with a like on Facebook at Casey Van Edson Sports Talk Podcast and follow me on Twitter at Van Edson underscore Casey. Thank you for listening and remember, you can listen to me on Anchor, Podcast, and Spotify. Until next time, Casey Van Etten signing off.